Welcome to Sanctified in Truth with Michael York, a ministry of the Fairview Baptist Church in Ashland, Kentucky. Sanctified in Truth is a daily podcast for followers of Christ who desire to imitate Him and to dedicate ourselves fully to the plans God has for us by deepening our love and understanding of God's Word. Today we conclude our study of the Disciples' Prayer by looking at the end. As Jesus teaches us to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, and read Psalm 1. As always, I want to encourage you to read the passage before you listen to the podcast. The grammatical construction, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, is a strange one. It's a figure of speech called a lydites. It's an understatement for the point of emphasis. For instance, Jeremiah in chapter 30, verse 19, God says, I will multiply them and they shall not be few. I will make them honored and they shall not be small. Jesus puts it this way, whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. It's an emphasis of something by negating it. When Jesus teaches us to pray this, He's saying we need to ask God to lead us away from temptation and into righteousness. This is a prayer for God to direct our life for spiritual flourishing. It's nothing less than a prayer for holiness. Look at the context. We ask Jesus to forgive our sins, and then we ask Jesus to lead us into holiness. Holiness is the focus of my life, and so it should be the focus of how I pray for myself. Jesus prioritizes spiritual protection over physical protection. We pray frequently for physical safety, safety in travel or safety as we sleep or safety while we work. Perhaps to our own peril, we ignore asking God to guard our souls. As we saw yesterday, if the greatest consequence of my sin is the rift in my relationship with God, then my prayer must be that God would take such control of my life that He would lead me ever closer to Him and do whatever is necessary to obstruct any path I would take that would lead me away from Him. I am praying that I would be led by the constraining grace of Christ and not by my own sinful passions. The disciples' prayer is me saying to God, God, I need you to provide what I need today to serve you. I need your loving relationship to spill out of my life so I can reflect you to others. I need you to protect me so that I can hallow your name and your kingdom. We are coming before God and confessing that our life is not our kingdom. And we're not the king. But we come joyfully to God in prayer because we're thankful. While we're not in charge, our Father is. Lord, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So we seek to think through the meaning, implications, and applications of Psalm 1. We want to ask ourselves our three basic questions. First, what does this passage call me to think and praise God about regarding His character or actions? The psalmist speaks of the benefit that God's law gives us. So we think about that in relation to Jesus' prayer to lead us not into temptation. We need to thank God that He's not abandoned us to trying to figure out how to live righteously. That He has revealed His will to us by giving us His Word. God's leading is not limited to mystical providence and experience, but is primarily gained through the Word of God. 
thank God today, praise Him that He has given us His Word for our good. Second question is, what do I need to pray for my own heart and life? David says, blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Now notice, David does not first use language of action. He uses language of affection. He speaks of delight. Once the heart delights, then action follows. David says he will meditate on it day and night. My actions always follow my heart. It's good and right to pray for righteous actions, but without a heart devoted to righteousness, such prayers are nothing more than vain breaths. Ask God to captivate your heart with love for His Word and His way, that your greatest joy is the obedience and pleasure of your Father. The third question we want to ask is, what does this passage teach me to pray? The psalm presents two paths in life, the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. The difference between these two is what leads them. The wicked are led by the counsel and approval of others, and the righteous are led by the counsel and approval of God. As Jesus teaches us to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, we see these two paths again. The difference is how we are led. Will we be led by, as some translations have it, the evil one, or will we be led by God? We know how God will lead us. When we pray, lead us not into temptation, it's not just a prayer that God would lead us to righteousness, but that we would follow Him. We have to pray that our hearts and lives will always and only follow Christ. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode of Sanctified in Truth. Join us on Monday as we discuss the book of Psalms next week. And on Monday, look at the prayer of thanksgiving in Psalm 136. May everything you say and everything you do today seek to honor God. And whatever you do, take comfort and know that Jesus has already prayed for you, that you would be sanctified in truth. Today's prayer is by an anonymous deacon at a camp meeting. This prayer was recorded in a thesis from Middle Tennessee State and put in a literary anthology edited by Langston Hughes. The prayer says, Almighty and all-wise God, our Heavenly Father, tis once more and again that a few of your beloved children are gathered together to call upon your holy name. We bow at your footstool, Master, to thank you for our spared lives. We thank you that we were able to get up this morning clothed in our right mind. For, Master, since we met here, many have been snatched out of the land of living and hurled into eternity. But through your goodness and mercy, we have been spared to assemble ourselves here once more to call upon a captain who has never lost a battle. Oh, throw us round, throw round us your strong arms of protection. Bind us together in love and union. Build us up where we are torn down and strengthen us where we are weak. Oh Lord, oh Lord, take the lead of our minds. Place them on heavenly and heavenly divine things. O God, our captain and king, search our hearts, and if you find there anything contrary to your divine will, just move it from us, Master, as far as the east is from the west. Now, Lord, you know our hearts. You know our uprising. Lord, you know all about us because you made us, Lord. 
Lord, one more kind favor I ask of you. Remember the man that is to stand in the gateway and proclaim your holy word. Oh, stand by him. Strengthen him where he is weak and build him up where he is torn down. Oh, let him down into the deep treasures of your word. And now, O oh Lord, when this your humble servant is done down here in this low land of sorrow, done sitting down and getting up, done being called everything but a child of God, oh, when I am done, done, and this old world can afford me a home no longer, right soon in the morning, Lord, right soon in the morning, meet me down at the river of Jordan, bid the waters to be still, tuck my little soul away in the snow-white chariot, and bear it away over yonder in the third heaven, where every day will be Sunday, and my sorrows of this old world will have an end, is my prayer for Christ, my Redeemer's sake. Amen, and thank God. Amen. Amen.